This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Nimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Alexander Tsiaris speaks about scientific visualization in creating the story of you. Now let's join Moses as he welcomes Alexander to the stage. So I haven't waxed very eloquent about it being our 20th anniversary, uh, but still it forces you to uh, think back and you begin to remember people who have been on our stage and that you've lost touch with. And uh, I admit I'm guilty of that. And, uh, and so it, it brought me back to uh, a relationship I've had with Alex Tsiaris for about 100 years. Alex, come out here. He's a reprobate. Uh, he's, he's proud to say that he's been thrown out of all the best medical schools. <laughs> yeah, you see? And, and he kisses me at the top of my head. Big brain. Yeah. Bigger ego than even mine. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex lives in this uh, unusual world that is the intersection between art and science. And uh, I first became aware of him even before I met him because I saw these astonishing uh, layouts in, uh, what was it? Was it Life magazine all the way back? Yeah, of, of conception of, of, of a baby being nurtured in a womb. That kind of magic photography before people were aware that you could make that kind of magic photography. So this is Alex Tsiaris, Disrupting Health. <laughs> So just to give you a little background on myself, um, I was offered a position as Associate Professor of Medicine and Chief of Scientific Visualization at the uh, Yale University in the Department of Surgery. And as a mathematician, my job was to write multidimensional algorithms for supercomputers to actually do virtual surgery in preparation for NASA, for the astronauts going into deep space flight. So we were scanning pretty much everything from the, from the moment of conception until the advanced age, you know, from the molecular to the gross anatomy. And before that, I was, I was a journalist at, at mostly at timing for 15 years and then before that I was a painter and a sculptor and so one of the things that I thought is that if I take my the artistry and the storytelling and the technology and marry them into a beautiful story could we actually reverse the slippage in relationship to people and their in their behaviors 
And we were a bit arrogant because the thing is that we thought we could actually really move the dial on this. And we did these beautiful stories, and I must admit, they were very impactful. We really got people to understand them. But still, what happened is that people went into slippage. Because it was a proxy story, it wasn't the story of me, or it wasn't the story of you, it was a story of a first cousin, a person similar to you, but not you. So I said, in order to change this, we really have to change the paradigm of how we actually impart information to people. I thought, how can I, there are billions of people out there, how can I actually tell each and every one of you the story of you? And I thought, I was looking out for other kinds of examples, and I'm sitting here saying, well, Google Earth basically knows where you are, where you're eating, has actually information about you at a certain point in time. So I looked back at the history, and I saw that actually Google started off as a company called Keynote, and really what they did is they took all the pictures from NASA from 1956 to the present, and the ones that were analog, they digitized them, and in the, in the second part, they knew the longitude and latitude studies of the Earth, they knew where Toronto was and where Athens was, and basically all they had to do was write a content management system that bridged them. Google saw it at a TED conference and thought it was really beautiful, didn't know what they were gonna do with it, but bought it. I thought, that's interesting. I said, you know, I have the equivalent of all those pictures of every part of the body through pathologies, through every stage, I have that. What is the equivalent of the human body's longitudinal latitude study? I think most people don't realize the fact that you're coded in a thing called HL7. HL7 is a health level seven. It's an international coding system that every time you go to the doctor, your medical records, hospitals, insurance companies basically code you. Your international classification of disease 10 uh, has 84,000 you know, conditions, 1,250 of them for just a broken femur. And so what happens is that they have uh, Rx Norma for the drugs, low ink for your lab reports. So basically, you can go anywhere in the world and you can take your, la your, your, your information with you and basically it can be read. The problem is they're hieroglyphics. You have no idea what they mean. So what we did is we said, can I turn those codes into a beautiful story? And that was the goal. What we would do is we'll take multi-platform, we'll build the biggest content management system, we'll build the largest library, we'll build a personal health record. Each platform will bridge until I can actually take every person in this room and actually turn you into the story of you as opposed to the statistics of you. So let me show you how we did this. So, Basically what happened is that in order to create Platform One, which was a library, we had to digitize and create these huge visual visceral libraries. You had to have body locations, every aspect from disorders, conditions, health and wellness. And in this disease state, basically in the detail of this information, we had to have, so if you take cancer, you had to have all the cancers. You had to have what cancer means, cancer prevention. You had to have the blood cancers. You had to actually create these huge libraries. You know, if you're talking about breast cancer, you have to be able to go into it and answer the principal questions that people have. Like, what, you know, what is it? What is the overview? What are the signs and symptoms? Very simple, beautiful stories, sort of explaining to you in a very simplistic fashion exactly what is happening inside your body. With this, we, were, we could basically now tell you signs, symptoms, diagnoses, prognosis, every aspect. But what we wanted to go even further. We wanted to say, okay, I then need to know other things about what are the lab reports? What are they telling about you know, breast cancer prevention? So we then built what they call the largest biomarker library. So we could take any kind of um, disease condition, whether you're talking about HERS2 or your BRCA gene, and so, you know when you get your lab reports back and they are like hieroglyphics? Now what will happen is that we will read your record 
and in essence, we will send you these stories. We turn you into thousands of little stories. We're going in the opposite direction of big data, little data, little stories about what's going on inside my body. You will get pictures, you will get information that will just continue to guide you to the next stage of whatever may be happening inside your body. Every aspect will be explained to you so that you will never walk away saying, I don't get it, I don't understand it. You will always be able to understand what's happening inside your body. We wanted to make the content and the information visual and visceral. Every time we take a storyline, it's not enough to say, oh, I've got the content. It's like, what's it feel like to be a dyslexic? Every aspect of this had to be sort of pushed to its absolute limit. And we're just talking about platform one. This is all aspects of what is going on inside your body. So we're going into platform two. As I mentioned to you, the idea of marrying the content management system to the longitude and latitude studies, we had to marry it to your HL7. So HL7, as you see here, these are the kinds of codes, CVX for your, for your vaccines, the, these are for your pathologies, these are your lab reports, and you can see how many. There are over 1,100,000 codes for you, 2,624 pages only of your pathologies. And the thing is, it's, these codes are very important. All of your data can be stored in one place, one platform where you can manage yourself, your family, that will have all of the information about you that can be understood in relationship. So just to show you the metadata, you can see ICD-10 codes. So every time this thing gets coded, it has the ability to send you a beautiful picture, a beautiful story about what's happening inside your body. Never to walk away saying, I do not understand. I do not have power. Coming up after the break. Treatment is local. If you're in Toronto and you're a parent of a young type 1 diabetic, you want to find other parents of type 1 diabetics. You want to find who's the doctor you're going to. You need to be able to find out and reach groups by managing and creating groups where you can actually localize all of this information. Let's just say that this is a woman who is, let's take someone from preconception all the way up to the first, um, you know, thousand days of their child's. Uh, we can guide you through that period of time. So the woman's going through an IVF program, but what happens if the woman is actually, um, has migraines? Or what happens, you know, and she wants to, and she's tracking herself. So. She's looking at migraines. She actually calls up the information on migraines for women, and she posts it to her own personal story, where now it becomes a part of her digital diary, her timeline, where she is actually monitoring herself as she's going through this entire process. And as she has all the information about infant care, she's going backward in time, because basically as you start here, what's happening here is that she can now keep a personal record where she can share it. It's HIPAA compliant, it's GDPR compliant, so it's totally secure. If she wants to share it, she can share it. She can basically saying, you know, feeling better, um, you know, and she can then basically post it. It becomes a part of her timeline. If she wants to go up and start to do longitudinal studies on her pain and saying, you know, uh, you know uh, this is uh, much, much better, um, she can, she can come in and say, you know, head pain. She has the ability 
to track herself. She can add videos, she can add pictures, she can bring in images from ours, she can use our library, and any healthcare professional can now take this information and help manage with the user, where basically they can manage groups and manage uh, various kinds of communities. Because one of the things that we have realized is that our images are global. A fetus is a fetus, you know, a, you know the interior body of a heart, uh, and, and the coding is, is global. Treatment is local. If you're in Toronto and you're a parent of a young type 1 diabetic, you want to find other parents of type 1 diabetics. You want to find who's the doctor you're going to. You need to be able to find out and reach groups by managing and creating groups where you can actually localize all of this information. You don't want some you know, large Greek person from New York saying this is the way you do it. No, you just want to be facilitated to basically have the tools to understand and then act on it. So what we wanted to do in all of these was build tools to facilitate your ability to extend your story and reach out to other people. So I'll show you a case study example of how a woman could use this during her pregnancy. StoryMD is a platform that allows you to track, understand, and act on your health data. Let's see how one mother is using it as she experiences pregnancy for the first time. Jill is pregnant and expecting her first child. She's become a mobile heart, lung, blood, and immunological incubator as her body changes to nurture and protect her soon-to-be baby. She's indicated to StoryMD her date of conception, so the platform's pregnancy bot can provide her with weekly updates explaining and visualizing the marvel of her baby's development. For example, Jill learns of the astounding development in her baby's brain as he or she learns to hear, smell, taste, and swallow. Now, PregnancyBot notifies Jill of an upcoming set of tests, her second trimester screening, also known as a quad test. Having followed a link to the health library to learn more about the quad test, she finds out what her results could mean. After she receives her results, she can quickly and easily add them to her health journal. How did she get them? Her physician may have given her an electronic personal health record, called a CCD, or Continuity of Care document, and uploaded that file directly to StoryMD. Otherwise, she can upload her results manually, as we've seen her doing here. Her journal visualizes her results, giving her additional context into what each of those numbers means. Besides keeping track of all that data in one place, Jill can now securely share her experience with family, friends, and trusted healthcare providers, and receive feedback from her doctor right on her timeline, letting them participate in the beauty of her pregnancy. Once the baby has arrived, she can even create an account for her with its own dashboard where she can manage upcoming tests and vaccinations and keep track of important health markers, reminders, and conversations with doctors. To begin using StoryMD to track, understand, and manage your health, go to storymd.com. So the craziness of this is that we are spending our entire lives cobbling our information together. A woman during her pregnancy will use five different places to research her pregnancy and four different places to store her data on average. The moment she gives birth, that record is worthless and she has to now start to cobble one for herself postpartum and cobble one for her child. 
It is insane. You should have one record from the moment of conception until your advanced age. I was just a keynote speaker at a major insurance conference, and the chairman of the conference was just telling me, oh, Alexander, I was just doing a virtual colonoscopy. You know, I was in the Mayo Clinic getting an exam, but then I was playing a little golf in Florida, and I had a little heart episode. I had to get scanned you know, uh, in Florida, but I live in New York City, and I was going to have my shoulder for a rotator cuff, and I, I just thought, you know, this is insane. I said, in one year, Alex, I said, your, your colon's in Minnesota, your heart's in Florida, and your shoulder's in New York. I mean, this is nuts. You should have one record that goes with you no matter where you are. And from that, the person can go into the postpartum era and manage their child, manage themselves, create a record for their child. The idea of this information, it is mobile, it is, and the, the beauty of it, we even do the entire family. <laughs> so with this, you can actually, every member of the family gets a record. And I, I'm very serious about this because the thing is that uh, these, this, this wonderful woman, Susan, and, and the golden doodle, Kukla, is my wife and my puppy. <laughs> and in essence, I've seen through the caring of my mother, through the caring of family members, the idea of a single, single record that explains you to you throughout your entire lifetime. So you are not a statistic, you're a story. We take the libraries and the content manager and the personal health record and what we're building next is a practice management system so that any doctor, any healthcare provider, yoga instructor, nutritionist can take our tools and build a program for you that is customized to you because you already trust these people. So it is a simple premise. It is the story of you to enable you to understand and actually manage the trajectory of your well-being and those you love. Thank you. So, Alex, how do I get that? How? What, do I buy it in a store? Or what, what do I We're going to be distributing through Zoomers. Really? <laughs> no, seriously, how is your plan? How do you Right now, the, the, all the libraries are totally open to anyone for free, and basically people in the fall will be able to sign up. But through certain distribution plans, they will be optimized plans through programs like Zoomers or others. So, for example, if someone has breast cancer or someone has migraines, there'll be special programs to bring them up. It's very interesting. Wellness people are very top-down. When people have conditions, they're very bottom-up. So you have to guide them through those kinds of narrow focuses into the ecosystem. And then once they get control of themselves, they are inspired to continue doing it. I'm still trying to follow the money, Alex. Those images are exquisite. <laughs> yeah. They've taken a long, long time to create. Writing all that stuff out, I don't know how many platoons of people you have doing all of this. Yeah. How does it get from there into the individual accounts of all these people? Here? The, the basic account will be, it's a t typical SaaS model, which is basically a software as a service. You can get into the basic model, but then if you want the premium services, or some people will actually start to upload a tremendous amount of data and videos and think they will pay an extra fee for that. Um, but of course, we will sell the data because the data has a value. But because you are HIPAA and GDPR compliant, you have to be totally transparent. And though even HIPAA and GDPR allows the data to be sold only as a population study, never as an individual. There are two trillion dollar industries, the clinical, hospitals, doctors, and the wellness world. They're not married. 
they're working independently. This will be the only place that you will actually see behavior, how it affects the body. And as wearables come out more and more, you will be able to see exactly what's going on inside your body dynamically. That data is something that you can act on. And that data will be hugely valuable to your physician and to the well-being. So that kind of information, the data, is going to be valuable to the government. And as long as we don't become Facebook and are abusive of it, we can actually use it in a positive way. Hmm. I know that the idea of a single electronic medical record is a holy grail that uh, this province, among others, has been in pursuit for... I don't know, over a decade, there was a notional scandal sometime back. Over a billion dollars had been spent, and still they couldn't get their arms around. I spent $2 million to build that with just four people. And much more exquisite than... Yeah. yeah, the other thing is just a filing cabinet in which you get all of those bits and pieces in one place. Yeah. Uh, you're a whole other step forward and above. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do something <laughs> together. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.